Thank you for being here. You're here on a special day, I'll tell you that. Why is it not working, Josie? <laughs> they don't want to be locked into a, a house or an apartment. Got to follow the social distancing rule. And some nuff dicks were getting tested, they're going in and doing a shop. <laughs> COVID. I had it. Detective so, George Bennett. Yeah, he's a ballin, absolutely. Yours don't say hello to you like I don't know, I'm I'm actually genuinely embarrassed. I broke my back. A vertebrae or, or a portion? Spinal. Wait, Josie, just do that do that thing where you just put Bill's talking, let me see I can hear him first. Hey fellas. Hey <laughs> Sam. Big show today. Hey, before Huge. we kick into the big show, um, I just need to make an apology, actually, to you, Dan. Um, you invited me on your your sister podcast, the um, mm. the detour the this de- morning. Yes, and uh, within about three seconds, I managed to make it take it from a family show into a PG, um, maybe M, mm. with a with with some R16. language that I yeah. Know, I felt I, uh, I felt like that was my mistake because I sort of threw you in the deep end at the last minute. Um, but then when I saw you had internet issues, I'm just going, oh, come on, George, don't say anything. Because normally, you know, you get frustrated. Yeah. Sure enough, you've gone, what the fuck's going on here? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, so no. I didn't know that they couldn't hear me. We heard it. I couldn't see them and I was hearing like alien noises, you know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and. Uh, why should my Wi-Fi go wrong? So I don't know. And I just got frustrated. And then by the time I tuned back in, get it all sorted, they're all sort of looking at me weird going, mate, this is a family show. Mate, there would have been so you, kids. you got your all... wires crossed. Yeah. yeah there would have been kids it, yeah. all across Australia going, Dad, my fucking ears. <laughs> you, you took the, the tone of the show into a live broadcast, yeah. family broadcast. Yeah, what a my mistake. My 5.30 mistake, yeah. or 7.30 at night, kids are watching it. It's like the Goodnight Kiwi, like we spoke about, and you've mm. come in before. You've come in pre Goodnight Kiwi and dropped the f bomb. Mm. Yeah, I brought I brought a Quentin Tarantino movie in into a, like a into a five thirty viewing of Neighbours. You know what I mean? Like a real. Or you've slid into you've slid into the Cartoon Network or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so. So sorry about that, but um, it's alright, mate. It's happened. It's happened a lot of times on live TV over the years, and you know we love talking about Mike Tyson on this show, and he's in the intro. But he used to do it all the time. I remember there was one time where that guy was interviewing him. He's going, "Hey, Mike, why are you going to talk like that?" He goes, "Hey, fuck off! You don't like it? Change your fucking station." He goes, oh, "Okay, Mike. Okay, Mike. We're going to leave you there, Mike." Like, don't poke the bear. <laughs> don't poke the bear. So, um, anyway. Yeah, we do have a big show, though. Now that the apologies Ooh. are out of the way, the pleasantries. Um, we're announcing the winner of our Amilla Resorts Maldives trip uh, at some point throughout this show. We, I've cast the, the podcast fishing line out, and I'm fairly confident that we'll have a, a, a guest joining us relatively soon. Um, and then we're going to just talk absolute bullshit like we normally do about a year and about a legend or a balance. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the chat about the year. I think this, mm. this is going to be a game changer because the three of us collectively put our heads together and I, I'm just so proud of the group. You know, we all contributed oh. to little things here and there. You know, we're trying to work out a, a hashtag. Bill and I, like we were equating it to a cricket game. Like, you're yeah, almost there, Bill's a bit more flight, you know, a bit more... Tw- tweak on it and then we rattled off the idea to george and straight away got the nick yeah and come Take up with it so, yeah so that's so, all yeah. coming up so we got a global hashtag we're gonna pump it's gonna go we're so confident and arrogant in our own ways we literally george comes up with this hashtag which we'll release shortly and we're like, oh, that, that's going to be a global, that's going to go worldwide. It's going to be a global sensation. Like, we'll probably I'm be the only free user. It is, though, really. I mean, I've never used one in my life. I, I like, I literally never, ever used a hashtag. It doesn't, like it, it doesn't exist. I've searched it. The hashtag that you've come up with does not exist. And it, I'm telling you, we will get to it later in the show, but I've used this hashtag daily, in fact, hourly, and it instantly makes you feel better. Doesn't matter what day you haven't. Doesn't matter what situation, how shit the situation is. You use this George Better hashtag and bang, you instantly feel much better. Well, I, I had to use it yesterday when I when I crashed. I bloody crashed our training yesterday. 
You can't get a break. It's not ideal. Oh, I can actually. I got a couple. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, mate, when you're training with a broken wrist, you, you it's fine until you have to take evasive action. And this bloody truck cut off, cut in front of me, and I had no option but to take the take the grass verge off off the right. And I just went. Lucky I was going like three k an hour. And I was able to control my fall a bit, and I just tucked my arm underneath my armpit. And got like one of those Sonic the Hedgehog balls from like the old Sony PlayStation game, you know, when he gets like in the ball and goes, Whoof! yeah, yeah. And like, um, I managed to just tuck and roll, and the wrist didn't even touch the blade of grass, thankfully. Otherwise, that could have been remember, disastrous. We, we told you when you crashed at the tour, you needed to work on that. So you actually have done training for crashing because mm. you needed to develop the tuck and roll technique better. So you're not in these situations. Exactly. And when you're yeah. mindful of it, you can actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. But, but it's a bit harder when you're going 60k an hour and you think your bones are made of steel and it's not going to matter. You just take the hit. But mm-hmm. when you're mindful of it, you've been nursing that wrist around on the bike. It's 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 it can be like frustrating or not even frustrating, just almost comical at times. If you're training with Sam at the moment, he would just be completely undone by you know the, the speed bumps that aren't even speed bumps. You don't even register them in the car. There's those little plastic like risers. So you'll be cruising down a hill, coasting into a town, and, and there'll be a little plastic bump, and you'll be talking to him, telling the story, and suddenly he's not there, and you look back, and he's about 3K back down the road because he's, <laughs> he's hit the anchors because he's going, oh, I, I can't hit a speed bump. You can't just undone completely by, by three mil of plastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and could you guys hit these things at 60K an hour normally and just bunny hop over them, and I'm like slowing down to a standstill to get over it. Yeah, well... You've got to you've got to avoid at all costs, mate. Mm, you don't have a choice. Just gonna be smart. Mm. That's dead right. Yeah. So there's some uh, some news hot off the press. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Perry Roubaix done and dusted. Oh, Is that what you're talking about? Are you, yeah. talking, are you talking about Donald Trump going on a 55 minute rant today, and they're worried about this medication's cooked his head? You heard that? <laughs> no, really? Have you heard about that? Oh no. no That's that the last good. thing we need. No, well, he's, he, I haven't read the details, but um, he's gone on this rant and even his son, um, Donald Jr., I think, is is generally worried about his old man. Um, What's he but, thinking about? I don't know. I, I didn't even see the rant. I was in between doing other things, but apparently it's a 55-minute rant, which I don't know why that's news. That's just every day on it's the uh, election. Yeah, it's standard. But what I couldn't believe with that whole situation, right, is is – when Trump got COVID, right, there was going to be a couple of possibilities. Number one, he was going to go away, get medical treatment, lay low, right. and then come out and, well, not die. Oh, he could have died, but I thought he was going to come out and go, you know what? I got it wrong. COVID's serious. We need to, like, you know, change our whole approach. Or he could beat it and then say, oh, mate, you know, no stress. Don't worry about it. But when he was, like, in there for two days, and then he could, his brain couldn't process these people with signs and cheering. He had to get in the car, wave to the crowd yeah. like he's some bloody rock star. And the guy driving in the front seat is just sitting there like a toddler that just shit his pants thinking, man, I'm going to go down for this. Like, you know, that whole inner of the car is just spreading bloody virus. Like, yeah. you can't you can't script this shit. He just doesn't, doesn't, follow, his, he doesn't follow his own now. playbook, eh? He doesn't yeah. follow the um, playbook. Like two week quarantine, he's, he's like two days later, he's in the back seat of the Escalade, waving, yeah. no mask on. No, and, he won't and be beaten. Now I'm reading this, this, this transcript of his this rant, and he's um, he's refused to do the second debate on the yeah uh, because it's virtual. Yeah. Well, so what they can probably mute his mic so he can't cut in. You know, you used to always cut in over the top. Like on the Zoom chat or on this show, I can mute the mic. So he loses control. So maybe it'd be, that's... It'd be pretty hard having a debate virtually, you know? It's all a, debates are all about the confrontation. Oh, mm. I've, been, I've been watching the um, New Zealand electoral debates and we've got, a, we've got a big election coming up, maybe one of the biggest elections in, eight, in the years because there's, there's not just the election, but there's um, two referendums going on. There's the end-of-life referendum and the legalized marijuana referendum and um i was thinking about this i was thinking about this this morning when i was reading the paper and i saw jacinda ardern's been nominated for the um nobel peace prize for mm. for her handling of COVID and for the mosque shootings and, and just for just being you know peace first as a kind of 
strategy. Mm. And um, sort of one of the one of the um, regulations around winning a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It'd be a a big chunk, I reckon. (laughs) But I just thought, like, how's that for publicity? You know, you're running for an election and, you know, three weeks out from from the polls, it gets announced, oh, by the way, I'm also in the running for a... And she's essentially going up versus, like, the female version of Donald Trump. Like, she's... That's that's, true Collins is running that kind of vibe. She's just, you know, she's an interesting lady. But um, if, if that... if if Labour lose this now with like with that on their side, then they've really fucked it up. Yeah, is yeah, it, is the, it? elections are elections are funny things, eh? Because like the prime minister, it's always easier in an election when you're the current prime minister. Oh yeah, because you, you have the stage. You've, well. had, you've had the stage for four years, and you have the stage now, and it's so much harder for someone to come in from behind. And. Uh, mm. But yeah, now. but then, but then you become the hunted, Sam. Mm. Um, hey, gonna, we've, we've got a guest. We've there. got a guest in the lobby, Sam. All right, get oh. it, get her in. All right, Gracie Elvin. Here we are. Hey. Superstar. How well, are you? Need to be on our landscape. Is that better? Oh yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, oh, we've got an expert. It. We've got finally got an expert <laughs> on the show. We've yeah. been doing. Taking us fifteen apps. First female guest. Um, oh, I'm the first chick. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we thought we thought we'd get a few more on here. Yeah, no, we are. We've 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 realised that we need to pull finger on that. Well, well, no Um, one's wanted to come on. It's not like we haven't invited. They've sort of got the tone for the show, and they're like, "Nah, fuck that." It doesn't feel like it. So, Gracie, we've had the bloody carpet ripped out from underneath us five minutes before the show started. We wanted to talk to you all about a couple of things. Obviously, you've announced your retirement. Um, You're up in Belgium. For the classics and your last classics campaign of your career, but secondly, we wanted to talk about the first ever woman's Paris Bay, and it's been bloody cancelled. Yeah, uh, pretty devo right now. It's actually yeah. good bad timing to uh, have this chat. I was on the ergo uh, because my hands are shredded because I did Paris Rubay recon. <laughs> oh, yesterday. look at that blister! Oh, Give us another go at that. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was after two sectors yesterday. So, uh, yeah, uh, Sam, your mate, Luca, gave us the uh, heads up last night at dinner. Number one, don't do it. Uh, Number two (laughs) is uh, don't wear gloves. And so Jess and I decided to try that. No gloves, two sectors in, hand uh, absolutely shredded. It looks like you asked the mechanics to replace your bar tape with sandpaper. I mean, that's that's... Two, yeah. two sections in. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a right or wrong in Rebay. I've tried I've tried every way. I've tried with gloves. I've tried without gloves. I've tried cutting gloves. I've tried plasters. I've tried everything, and I've never I've never pulled it off. I don't know. you got to just, like, yeah. tell us about somehow before Rebay, but haven't really had a chance this year, have we? Um, yeah. So you've got Ken Webergham on Sunday, this Sunday, and then Flanders next Sunday. That's right, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have anything next during the week or not? No, got a gap, gap between the two Sundays. So I'm I'm going to stay up in Odenard and just spend some last time in Belgium. Um, unlike most riders, I actually like it here, but I think it's just because I've got so many good memories here. It's a bit like that family holiday destination you go back to and you, you have a really nice feeling. You can't really put your finger on why, but it's just because you've had lots of good times here. So mm. I'm just trying to I soak up my last opposite. few days in Belgium. Mm. So Flanders was going to be your last race, is that, that's right, eh? Uh, unfortunately, oh. it's Depane. <laughs> so, oh, no. Uh, yeah, I really wanted to finish my career with Roubaix. That would have been the dream. But yeah. finishing it with Flanders is pretty cool too. But I have to uh, do Depane only a few days after Flanders. Do so. you guys do Dries Dag Depane or Eens Dag Depane? Yeah, just one. <laughs> okay. There's no such thing as three days Depane anymore. Oh, one. isn't there? No. When I, that was my first uh, race in Europe. Oh, no, my second race in Europe as a pro, and I did um, 40K to Pana and <laughs> left half my face on the road and broke my teeth. So it's always a good time, eh? <laughs> so how, how are the girls feeling? You guys have got some bloody momentum at the moment. Grace Brown yeah. won Brabant's Appeal a couple of days ago. So yeah, taking some, so cool. Yeah, good momentum into the, th- into the classics. So hey, what's the plan this weekend? Just get uh, this weekend, yeah, similar 
feel. Um, obviously, Grace is in super form, so uh, be pretty exciting to see what she can keep doing. And she's really building that confidence and skills as well. Because as you know, it's like such a recipe to do well at the classics. You can't just be strong. You have to like put the whole puzzle together. But I think she's like a quick learner, and um, she's she's got that knack for racing, which is really cool to see someone fresh coming up like that. And the rest of us are pretty good as well, pretty good form. Uh, we've got Roy and um, myself. Uh, I tried my best to be in good form for my last block of races. So, yeah, I think we can just have some fun out there. It's been such a difficult year for everyone, obviously. But, like, for you girls particularly, like, um, you, your race calendar, like, you haven't had lots of racing, have you, really? So, I mean, they, they did their best to get as many races going for the, for the guys and girls. But, obviously, the guys... We have so much more racing than you guys have had. So it's really – must be quite difficult coming into the classics really without it without, – we, we speak about the form guide quite a lot and, you know, you girls in particular, not a lot of racing, really hard to gauge, get a form guide. Um, I mean, you've been training here in Girona getting ready for, for the classics. So, yeah, I mean, what a – I mean, you've made, made the decision to retire. Um, obviously a really hard decision, but you've had a very decorated career couple of Australian titles, second in Flanders. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but it must be difficult to sort of end it this way, I suppose. Like, but mate, at least mate, you can end it. You've got, you, you got to shorten your questions up. <laughs> what are you asking? I was going to say, Gracie, like, take us through the decision to retire. It must have been a tough one. There you go. Yeah. Look, I probably only... Let's see if we can um, unpack some of that stuff there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, I probably only had a year or two left in me, but um, the coronavirus, I'm not going to lie, probably took a lot of fun out of it for me this year. But in in other ways, like I just had a few months at home and just to be like away from the routine, away from the circus of mm. it all, like I'm so grateful to be a cyclist, but you are on a specific calendar and every year doesn't change that much and you kind of don't even have time to think about something sometimes because it's just like next race next race next training camp mm. um the the small breaks we do have you don't really have enough time to really like think about what you really want um mm. have, you, have you thought like, about what what that is what what um so you're going to stop and, and so in two weeks time or two and a half weeks time suddenly Everything you've done, every day you've got up on the same thing, done this routine, everything, and it's all just like it's not Mordor, bro. It's just the next chapter. No, but, yeah, but that's what no, I mean. I, 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 hey, mate, you done with the questions? Stop no, giving advice. Right. Yeah. Right, George, continue. <laughs> so, so have you thought about what that is? I mean, you, one day you're just going to wake up in two and a half weeks and be like, oh, I don't have to ride my bike today. I don't have to go to this race. There's no. It's just the off season forever. In the yeah, it's really, it is really strange to think about it like that. Um, I think it's a mistake to not have something to do straight away. So I think I'm, I'm planning lots of like fun, non-hard things to do to keep me busy. And like next year, I just need to finish my degree. So I'm, I just want to take 12 months of trying not to be the best at something. I think it's really important to take the pressure off, but to still stay busy. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of competitive, but I'm actually not the most competitive person in sport. So I'll always find ways to challenge myself and like do other sports and exercise because I'll always need that like um, pressure release, I guess, from physical side of things. But I'm really looking forward to using my brain more and seeing what I can do when I'm not so tired all the time from training and racing. Um, well, speaking, speaking of using your brain, I've got a question here that might actually be all right. Um, oh. Speaking of using your brain, you were one of the trailblazers and founders of the Cycling Alliance, the, you're effectively the women's union. Um, yeah. How about you use your brain and set up a good men's one? <laughs> that was shocking. Oh, yeah, well, you never know. The men might join us, so we'll see what yeah. happens with that. But I think yeah. um, all the people involved, like, Obviously, I was one of the co-founders, but we had so many people helping us, a lot of key advisors, and, um, yeah, a lot of that came from some of the, the men cycling too. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see over the next few years what happens with the CPA, and I, we've just seen a new uh, organisation. It's not a union pop-up, but it's a Pro Cyclist Foundation. I don't know if you've seen that yet. It's an American-based group. And they've, they're getting their funding out of hedge funds. So that's kind of cool and interesting to see as well. Like a lot of people are really starting to care more about 
advocacy for athletes and riders and and just having more balance in the sport and more safety and and more financial security um what are you doing your degree in gracie um pretty much a sports science degree so i I don't have much left to go and i'm it's kind of cool that i've managed to finish a degree while i've been a pro cyclist as well Mm. so just knock that off and not sure if i want to keep studying or not but i'll just leave the options open there yeah, and you're also really creative when it comes to the video stuff. I remember back in the very early days in 2012 when I was staying at uh, Verazzi in that, uh, what was it? What would you describe that living quarters there? It was, it was, a, big, it was a bit grim. <laughs> it was pretty grim, yeah. Oh. That was You definitely brought a bit of extra joy to that place. <laughs> yeah, and we, we discovered that show, Derek. I remember, uh, yeah, yeah, that was the right. first I thought, oh, brilliant. But, uh, yeah, would you be considering into getting to, you know, docos or sort of video production stuff? I don't know, actually. Um, I haven't really thought about it. I haven't done a lot of that stuff for a while. Um, but, yeah, I certainly have a bit of an interest in doing multimedia type stuff. So we'll see where we go. But on the other hand, I'm kind of enjoying stepping away from more social media side of things. And I think that's yeah. such an intrinsic part of any kind of, uh, media career now so yeah maybe I just need a, a break from the athlete side of it and then maybe next year I'll feel a bit refreshed and want to come back into it from a different angle yeah time away from the bubble I think it'd be pretty good yeah, well you've exactly. certainly done a good job of bringing up the tone of the show and bringing up I just I just feel that it's added a lot of polish that yeah. we sort of have it needed except I'm for really the question yeah. I just got wrong wrong footed so early today and just I haven't recovered. I think the Rubé cancellation has just absolutely thrown you, Bills. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. thinking about starting a podcast just so I can rival yours, really. Bring it on. Yeah. We're yep. number one show in New Zealand once before. Oh, righto. Tickets. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you are off your game tonight, mate. Oh. Your lockability has just plummeted. Um, Election campaigns, oh, mate. Well, we wish you all the best, Gracie, um, for the for – the, remaining races of your career as Bill said it's been an amazing achievement as a dual national uh, road race title winner and the only female ever from Australia to be on the podium at Tour of Flanders so uh, some great achievements there and, and what you're doing off the bike as well is fantastic so um, no doubt you're going to be a success in the future for sure yeah thanks guys yeah all the best great thanks for coming on and we'll be watching these races with interest uh Teach those young girls as much as you can and, and go out there and enjoy your laugh races. Yeah. And I'll do my best. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Cool. Good on you, Gracie. See ya. All right. Ciao. Bye. Wow. I've never... Oh, Mate, shocking. What are those I've questions? Two... I've never seen you two behave so well. Like, you one one woman on the show and then suddenly, oh, you can string a sentence together without swearing. And we didn't swear, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, you know. You know know what that is? You know what that is? That's very good upbringing. We've been brought up as polite guys, mind your P's and Q's, you know, don't have your elbows on the table when you eat, all that shit. Mm. Now we can go back to being pigs again. I heard a good story about an Aussie that rode in a – so my teammates say an Aussie that rode for them and they were – you know, he was notoriously bad mouth, you know, like swearing this, this, this. And they come to Australia for tour down under one day. And, you know, when like another culture learns a language that, you know, well, we talked, touched on it last time. You don't really know like when to swear or when not to swear. Like you, you hear like Esteban's a great example, you know, like he's the nicest guy, but he'll, he'll just pick up on hanging out with you too much, Sam, for example. And, and you don't really know which words are the really bad words. So, you, you know, and, and like we've got a good ranking of, of a C-bomb, an F-bomb, all the way down to shit, like a damn, you know. And you put in the wrong one. And, and um, they were telling me that when they came to Tour Down Under, they actually met this guy's family. And they were all swearing. And he, and he was the, the worst swearer they ever heard in their life. And he's around his family, though. He's just going like, Giving them these ones, like, oh no, you know, wife has no idea. Around around the family, he's he's bloody, he's a well versed, yeah, exactly. He's high class, but around the boys, he's he's just foul mouth and everything. So, I think that's a a bit like you guys when you get Gracie Alvin on the show, suddenly, um, you change your tune. No, we said a couple of bombs. Oh, Oh, I I dropped one early just to set the tone, but um. 
Yeah. So what hey, um, winner, yeah, go. Do you want me to get uh, Jason to announce the winner for this um, yeah. prize? Ready yeah, absolutely. To All right. Let's let's um. Oh, it's a big big build up. Geez, we did a good job of promoting this prize too over that <laughs> journey. Like it, massive shout out. Now we had some people that would have been at the top of the of the tree, but there was a bit of controversy, Billy, with the tattoo. Well, yeah, someone, we put it on our social media, you would have seen it, that somebody went out there and got themselves a social distance podcast tattoo. That is unbelievable support for the show. Uh, it's a massive sacrifice. You were but so excited. I was so excited. Like, I couldn't even, I didn't even take time to look at it. I just posted it straight up. And we could be wrong. We haven't actually asked it. But there are some holes in that. We think that it may be fake because the he, I think it's on his shoulder or I don't even know where it is. No, it was on his knee. On just his, below knee. his knee. But there's no the hair wasn't shaved. And when they put a tattoo on, they always shave the hair first. Mm. So mate, we don't know. Is it real or is it not? And, and and you know when you get a tattoo and they write letters, right? They never look as crisp as like if you had a printed it and sort of stuck it on. Those letters looked a little bit too crisp as well. Do you so think it was I, a Photoshop job or do you think he was running like the old bubblegum wrapper tattoos? Photoshop. <laughs> Photoshop. Yeah. I don't think they've got the old social distance podcast old logo, I must say, has reached the bubblegum wrappers yet. Well, well, the moment has arrived. We've got Jason live from the Maldives. Jason hey. Cruz, how are you, mate? Fantastic, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We, uh, you must be wrapped with how well we promoted this prize over the journey, mate. You must have got huge bookings for oh, the yeah. Miller Resort. Massive amounts of emails. Yeah, massive emails. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I suppose. Mostly complaining about um, why you would put your name on a on a show like this, as it wasn't, or they yeah. complaints in nature, or it was good feedback. I can either confirm or deny this, but you know, I'll tell you offline. <laughs> it's definitely word said, boys. Yeah, well, how, how's it been at the resort, mate? Is the weather still pretty good? More, oh, more people coming in? Yeah, weather smashing. Things are looking a lot better now. We've got some um, guests flying in from Russia, UK, Middle East. So it's nice to have some guests around, but they're getting a good, good holiday, that's for sure. Yep. And who are, uh, the, most, who are the worst behaved guests, actually? I imagine the Russians. They they come to the Maldives and they don't, you know that they're, they're sort of launching a little bit. Or, or who, who's in general your worst customers? All right, so Bewley's been red carded for a shocking question early for Gracie. Oh, that is good. up there, Bennett. As if a manager oh, of a resort's got to go. Yeah, all the Russians shit us. Don't yeah. come. Thirty percent of the is washed up because. One question from George. Thanks, babe. So, so, so not only have we stuffed up the promotion of this prize, we've got one week to even mention the resort. You go on and ask the manager to openly bag out nationalities that are coming to his resort. I, I, I just wonder if there's one. Can, can we get anything right? <laughs> Who's going to want to sponsor this shit moving forward? You don't have to say anything. <laughs> just let the Russians go, mate. Let them go. The Russians well, are fine. Got a huge Russian listener base. Oh, oh, we're you, want shot you want to just, you know, the Russians are here. All right, it's been a long fucking week. The Russians are coming. You know? <laughs> well, I what, I, what I can say, some of the Russian guests we get here are a lot of fun. Morning is generally a little less friendly, but by the time afternoon hits, they're actually a lot more jovial. We'll put it that way. <laughs> why, why don't you just say it's the Kiwis? The Kiwis are the worst. And then the most rude. The Kiwis are the worst. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Back in New Zealand, we've got, you know. <laughs> Jace, we don't want to put you through any more pain, mate. We've done enough. Um, do you want to announce who is the lucky winner of this amazing prize? Yeah, amazing prize. I'd love to. So how many, how many people have we, you know, sort of got mixed up in this? We... You know? we we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people apply, basically, and, we, and that's that's not fabricating it. We actually did. We had a lot of comments. Um, we had a heap of Russians. Heap of Russians. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was quite difficult to to come come up with the winner. Um, in the end, the guy that we have selected as the winner, he he followed the the rules of the competition. He shared the post. He tagged three people. 
uh, he followed the guidelines, but he, he went far and beyond and he actually did something extra and he wrote us a jingle for our podcast. Um, so that did get him across the line. Do you know who the winner is, Chase, or do you want me to announce yeah, it? I've got, got the winner here. So, you know, there is some integrity behind this podcast. Which yeah, that's right. Yeah, good. I, I sent him the name, Sam, so that he could announce it. That was oh, the whole right. point. Yeah. Thank you very much, Frank. And the winner is Andrew Turner. Andrew so, Turner. You, did you, I think you might have cut out a bit then when you said his name. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I think you I don't know who won. You know, who was it again? Let's do it again. So it's Andrew Turner was the winner. Andrew oh, Turner. 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 Yeah. Andy. And basically, and it's five nights in a water villa, so water pool villa, full board. We'll take care of his seaplane flight. So if he's never done a seaplane before, you know, he'll get it on there. Oh, and it's worth ten thousand dollars. It's a good price. And we'll oh. look after him. I'll definitely take him out for drinks at night. So you can do, we'll do make- some vodka shots for the Russians. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, what a week. Yeah, and at least someone can get back to you guys about which which of our yeah, markets are toughest. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, we're gonna get Andy Turner on. And uh, yeah, yeah. when he's back from the Maldives, and we'll find out who's, right. who's been most disruptive at the resort. We'll get to the bottom of this. It might be the general manager, to be honest, but yeah. <laughs> Look, mate, we have to thank you um, yeah, very much awesome. for this unbelievable prize. Uh, it's been a pleasure to to try to promote it in some way, the Amilla Resorts Maldives. Um, we're excited for Andy Turner, who's gone far and beyond, wrote, wrote, us, a, wrote us an unbelievable jingle. Followed all the rules. He's going to have an awesome time uh, under the guidance of you, Jace. We have no doubt in a beautiful resort. So we must thank you and Amilla Resorts. Put the website up, Jonesy. Um, and Andy, yep. we will reach out to you uh, on... Well, actually, you'll reach out to us because we want to make sure you listen to the show. Send us a... I've got you in primary comments on Instagram. So once you've listened, slide into our DMs, Andy, and then we will send you the, the voucher. Uh, and put you in touch with with amilla.com and, and put you in touch with Jace to to go on with the ship with the prize. And and just on the prize, a, a shout out to a close second Igor Ishnikov. Um, you, you're very close, <laughs> but unfortunately George overruled it. And um, you know we, we'll, we'll try and get around you for the next one, mate. Apologies. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. And gentlemen, when you when you finally get back to New Zealand, pop on your way here. More than welcome to. Absolutely. Welcome you here as well. Oh, they will take you up on that. I know. Yeah, they're doing very well. So uh, they will be there. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, good. Uh, sorry for the stuff ups, but we know that we're good for it, and we'll we'll plug the sh- the resort through the rest of the year. Um, we'll get behind it, and yeah, mate, we love the work. It's just right, amazing. Thank you very much. You're a bloody legend. Cheers, no, mate. Thanks, Chase. Love you to meet you again. Yeah. See you, mate. Right. Bye. Cheers. Cheers, wow. we're on a fucking stinker today, aren't we? Yeah. It's great, oh. Ah, well, <laughs> sensational prize. Um, yeah. Some great questions. Uh, and, yeah, I suppose onward, onwards and upwards, boys. We're, we're mm. sort of halfway through the show. Hey, before we before Gracie up. came on, we were just discussing, we were getting down, we were talking Trump and, and politics and things. What I wanted to touch on was we've got these two referendums. Yep. We've got the legalised marijuana or and the end-of-life one. And uh, I wonder, what's, what's Aussie policy? It's it's not legal there at all in any way. Marijuana? I think there's yeah. medical medical marijuana. Okay, I don't even think we've got that. What do you reckon? Uh, what way, what what do you think there should be? I think so. I think so. I mean, Time I think. Oh, yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, they're going to mm. need to tax. They're going to need to generate more tax revenue to pay off this debt that probably won't get squared up for the next 150 years. So, why not generate a fair bit of coin? I mean, they tax darts. They they're yeah. no good. So yeah, it'd be the most know. it'd be the most regulated. Um, substance in the country for sure i mean cigarettes and alcohol are already taxed pretty heavily but this is going to be taxed even more it's going to be i think the yeah the the, the regulations of it will be will be quite strict you know like you won't be able to just walk into the corner store like you can and buy a bottle of wine you won't be able to just walk into the corner store and won't be able to walk into raj's shop for example and buy Mm. a joint um Mm. it'll be pretty heavily heavily regulated it's gonna be an interesting referendum though eh? it's sort of swinging at the moment you know, a week ago they were saying it's not going to pass. Now they're saying it is going to pass. 
uh, it's probably going to depend on us overseas voters because they got no idea what we're thinking. Yeah, they got is no the, idea. Is they running? Are they running like big campaigns about like you know there's going to be filled streets filled with stoners and? Um, I think that I think the the a lot of older people were worried that yeah that we kids are just going to smoke. 24-7 and turn into zombies and charge around. But I feel like if you want to smoke weed at the moment in New Zealand, you can do it. You know, if you want to find weed, I, I don't imagine mm. it's that hard to, to and find. And I think that that's one of the one of the primary goals of this this policy is that you can smoke. It's pretty easy to find. It's not hard to get hold of. <laughs> um, but they want to take the, the, the sale of marijuana out of the hands of gangs and hands of... So you don't have to go to a, you don't have to go to a gang, yeah, clubhouse and, and knock on the door of the mongrel mob and be like, yo... Yeah, exactly. So they want mm. to tighten up the. So you're going to vote? You're voting yes, are you, GB or what? Um, I think so. I'm. I was, I'm a strong yes on on the euthanasia um, one, and yeah, I think yeah, I'm, I'm a yes on the on the cannabis one. I'm obviously got you know concerns about it, but I think it's better than people going to jail for smoking weed. I mean. Sure. Yeah, I'm, well, still, I'm, as, I'm still trying to decide which colour I'm going to bleed for the next four years, whether it's blue or red. Um, I'm a bit of a swing. Me, me and George came to the conclusion the other day that I'm actually a bit of a swing. I'm a classic swing voter, especially yeah, in New yeah. Zealand. And when and when you when you're a swing voter in New Zealand, the pendulum is barely fucking moving. Like slightly, yeah. slightly left of centre or slightly right of centre. Like you, you're basically on the same flagpole still. So, I thought you. Yeah. I thought Jacinta Ardern was just unbeatable. Like all the media that we get here, she's like untouchable. Yeah, but it's the farmers. The farmers hate her, especially South what? Island. Why? The South Island, because the lower South Island, or basically anywhere from like Nelson's fifty-fifty, so I live top of the South Island, and then anywhere south, they just hate um, because because there's you know she wants to bring in um, a lot of environmental stuff around you know um, emissions and. And I think, yeah, just generally rural people in New Zealand uh, have just people just. It's strange. Don't you think it's so strange that you just vote what you your parents voted? So, like, if you just born in a house, pretty much, I don't know. From everyone no, I know, that's true. Just, that's true. They just follow. They just follow that. That's what their parents did. So that that's what they do. And their parents have been able to influence them for such a long age. Like, for example, if I was born in another house, maybe I'd I'd vote the other way but my parents have always voted this way and i've always been like yeah of course that's a, yeah, but so like, you know like i grew up in uh, not a not a political family so I, I i couldn't tell you what way my parents vote i've got no idea yeah mm, but also okay. it's because your parents are quite passionate about you know what their opinion is that's the house rule and yeah, even yeah, today yeah. like i remember talking to my old man a couple of weeks ago about the premier of victoria and i'm going ah oh, geez he's really starting to piss me off now he's like what hang on he's doing a good job you know, he just starts getting on the attack, and it's like he still owns what the house thinks. Yeah. And I said, Emu, Emu, they cocked up hotel quarantine. You've got to expect people to be pissed off about it. Yeah, but there's no guarantee the other bloke wouldn't have done that. I said, oh, well, yeah, okay. That's the rule for everything, is it? You stuff up, but you probably couldn't do a better job. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't stick. So, no. Yeah. What are people? Um, Scomo, how is he going at the moment? He was he was number one hated man in Australia for a very yeah, long but, time. Yeah, but but now yeah, but now Dan Andrews is carrying all that. Like everyone's just targeting him. So Scomo, we never hear or see him anymore. He's still like, in Hawaii. He's still in the yeah, he's still on the beers. So <laughs> no, he's he's flying under the radar big time. So mm. uh, it feels it feels like Victoria is a bit of that sort of forgotten problem of of Australia. Like it is so divided now with the states because they've got the borders up. Like everyone's their law to themselves, and mm. no one wants to reopen it. They don't really want to, you know, mix. And it's like, it's yeah, a shame because I had this plan because we talked about it actually. We touched on it on the detour podcast this morning when the boys asked how if we were going to come home at the end of the year. And so for us, obviously, it's two week quarantine all this stuff. But I had this plan to to try see the family somehow by by coming in on the tour down under. You know, if tour down under goes ahead, which at the moment. From all accounts, it says it's going ahead, and uh, you come in on the quarantine flight from Europe, and you um, you do like a seven day or whatever it is out in the hills, this group quarantine. I'm not sure how it's going to operate, and then from there you try hook into the New Zealand Australia bubble that that could be opening, but you yeah. can't. The problem is if you come into the wrong state, then you're stuck because then you have to do two weeks 
mm. even more. Like I was talking to Richie about trying to go home to Tasmania and he has to fly in two weeks into Melbourne, do two weeks quarantine when he lands. And then when he goes to, to Tasmania, he has to do another two weeks when he gets on the island. So like you can end up flicking yourself even worse. Mm. Well, that sucks. Is he going to do it? Yeah. No, nah, he's sticking it out over in Europe. I think we all are, right? Well, uh, that's the... So you guess, for, you guess for a loss of life referendum then? And, uh, yeah, surely. Shall we um, move on? Dope yeah. and the dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rubey. No, let's go. Let's crack into our year. I'm so I'm yeah. so about let's, our year. Right. Let's fucking get into it. Let's Come do on. it. You want to line it up, Jonesy? Come on, mate. Righto. Okay. It's speech time, boys. We had to think about this, and we've always gone back um, to years that we know on paper better than 2020. Um, but we we had a chat the other day, and for the first time ever, we're looking forward. And I'll tell you what's been giving me the shits lately, boys, is you just get fed so much bullshit in the media and the politicians. Everyone's blueing and everyone's getting frustrated. We're in the second wave, and it's just got to stop. It's got to stop. And for the first time ever, we got to the point where we're like, you know what? This ain't going to change for a while. Like when they go, oh, geez, we're not going to get the vaccine in February now. It's like, yeah, no shit. You're never going to get the vaccine. Pull your head out of your ass. Like look at reality. Stop all this positivity fucking bullshit. I'm sick of it. Like just look at it for what it is, and that is next year is a fucking write-off, right? (laughs) It's a write-off. So one of the greatest ever films of all time is Any Given Sunday, and me and Bules were talking about it, and – I think it's appropriate, boys, to pull out the inches speech. I don't know what to say. It's 449 days to the biggest celebration of our professional lives, and it all comes down to today. Either we get smart as a podcast or we're going to crumble. Day by day, show by show, till we're finished. 2020 is a bag of absolute shit right now, gentlemen. And 2021 will be too. Believe me, we can stay here, get the mental shit kicked out of us, and believe that 2021 is going to be a great year. Or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell and look forward to 2022 one day at a time. Now, now I can't do it for you. I look around and I see these naive comments on social media and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man could make. I believe there'd be a vaccine by Christmas. I thought the pubs would reopen in Victoria. And lately... I can't even stand the sight of a politician saying next year will be better. You know, when you get old in life, people feed you shit. You know, that's that's just part of life. But you only learn that when you start trusting people. You find out that life's this game of spinning bullshit. And so is podcasting. Because in either game, life or podcasting, the margin for error with trust is so small. I mean, one mention of a vaccine working and you start believing it, one fuckhead on social saying pub free open next week and you iron your jeans. The bullshit we absorb is everywhere around us. They're in every social post, every politician speech, every newspaper. On this podcast, we fight to spin bullshit. On this podcast, we tear ourselves and everyone around us to pieces to make up facts. We claw with our fingernails for that subscriber because we know when we spin bullshit to make us feel better, that's going to make the fucking difference between legends and balance, between living and dying. I tell you this, in 2020, it's a guy who is willing to be realistic and realize that 2021 is a complete fucking write-off. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for 2022. Because that is when we start really living There's 449 days in front of your face. Now, I can't make you right off next year and focus on 2022. You've got to look at the guy next to you. You've got to look into his eyes. Now, I think you're going to see a guy who will write off that year for you. You're going to see a guy who will dive into 2022 because he knows when it comes down to it, 2021 ain't for him. That's the plan, gentlemen. And either we write off next year as a podcast or we will die with too high expectations. That's the reality of bullshit, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are we going to do? Goosebumps, man. That was so good. 
What are we going to do? We're going to... What are we going to do? 2022. We, that is our year. We're not looking back. We're not looking at 1979 or 1969. We're not talking about moon landings. We're not talking about Woodstock. We're talking about a year that we're not even at yet. But yep. it's going to be our year. 2021, like you say, Jonesy, it's a write-off. There's Write no it vaccine. off. There's no vaccine. There's still going to be restrictions on pubs. You're still only going to have, allow to have six people around for a barbecue. That's the reality of it. But 2022 mm. will be when this shit is all behind us and you'll be able to sharpen your bloody edges and you get out there and you're going to live your life. Start saving your pennies now. Yep. Throw away all the bloody luxuries. Live off cash. Build a bank. Yeah. Build a bank because you can come out. If you can build the bank, cash is key. And you're going to come into 2022 hot and we're going to make it work. Everyone panic bought at some point this year. We know this. So you've got so much shit, long life shit in that cupboard. Next year, you chip away at it. You clean it out. I'm turning 40 next year. Guess what I'm doing? Sweet fuck all. I'm going to sit in a darkened room in the corner with my two-minute noodles and I'm going to stare at a blank wall because I know my 41st will be a cracking party because that'll be in the year 2022. It's all about getting through and riding off next year so that the expectations are low and whatever they throw at you, you're going to be able to handle because you're in the right mindset. We, well, need they, out, so we need to get out of that Al Pacino mood, eh? We're like still talking like we're yeah, just still doing something. <laughs> now, there George, was, what, uh, they, what's they, what's they the hash? They they well, they say that the the disappointment, right, is just the the difference between um, expectations and reality, right? So that's that's your thing. So I guess to summarize the whole thing is if you you really just bring down what you you know, like people got this. On the 29th of December, 31st of December, 11.50, and the clock's changed to 2021, it's still the same. You know, we're in the same situation. So if we if we just dampen those expectations, bring everything down a little bit, then it's not so bad, you know? Because that's yeah, what it is. is. It's a disappointment. Yeah. It's the, the fact that, like, I've got the off-season around the corner, and I'm I'm thinking, oh, mate, I can't wait to go and go to this go to lunches and go out and, and, and you know, finally live after a, or 12 months of living like a monk, and, you know, this crazy season, being on the straight and narrow and stuff. And then the reality is that how, how can I do that? I can't even go play wall ball because you can't have more than six people in the around, you know? So, mm. yeah. And 2021 so is going to be the same. So fucking flick mm. it. So and, literally uh, buy a calendar, buy a big fat red Sharpie and just start crossing it out. Just start crossing the days out. Just do it now. Just, just, and hang it on the wall, and just be a constant reminder that it's a write-off. And George, you've got a hashtag that I think is going to take off. Yeah, I believe we're going for um, oh well, twenty twenty-two. So this means that um, anytime anything goes wrong, you get a flat tire in your car, you go oh, twenty twenty-two. I guess that'd be my year. It's just a bit of hope. It's it's the light at the end of the tunnel, you know. So we're going through all this stuff. Everything's going tits up. Oh, wanted to go ride Roubaix. Cancelled. Oh, well, 2022. Garen Thomas. Garen Thomas crashed out of the Giro, right? And he did a big post about how 2020 can go fuck itself pretty much. But that's still living in a negative now. If you go, oh, well, 2022, it flips that and gives you something positive to look forward to. You know what Mm. I mean? Yeah. It's a real feel-good hashtag. Hashtag, oh, well, 2022. Mate, you can apply it to anything. 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 You, yeah. you stub your toe walking to the fridge. Oh, well. Hashtag, oh, well, 2022. You know, I do that in 22. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the biggest thing is, is um, yeah, it, it just instantly makes you feel better. Like no matter what the situation, it instantly makes you feel better. And mm. as you said, George, if you go in with low expectations, under promise, over deliver. So, so we, we want people to use that hashtag. No, we want people on social media yeah. to start getting this hashtag pumping. Hashtag oh well 2022. It's simple. Start and each, each week we'll highlight some of these great stories where yeah. people have had an absolute shit day. Oh well, yeah. 2022. And let's get this thing going because <clears throat> more than anything, if it helps, you know, lift people's spirits. And also, all right, picture this. You've saved your money all year, right? You cashed up. And normally the Boxing Day sales, are like a big sales event, um, right this year off. Don't even, don't purchase anything. If you can go skimpy on some Christmas presents, go through your cupboards. Oh, I haven't worn that shirt before. Bag it up, give it as a present, whatever. 
But next year, those Boxing Day sales bills, that's when you launch. That's when yeah. you really start prepping for 2022. I'm talking 90-inch flat-screen TV. You've got cash for your, your Netflix, your um, Disney+. Plus. You know, you're, you're ready to go. And I reckon we should start planning now. You'd you be on board, George. The greatest ever New Year's Eve party New Zealand has ever seen. Because we're, we're, we're starting to think towards that is the New Year's you want to celebrate, 2021 into 2022. Mm. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna day. we're gonna hold it off, and we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna cancel New Year's Eve this year. Going to first of first of January 2021. Forget about it. I'll be in bed. Cup of tea. Yep. Shut it down. Forget about it. I might ring say, my coach now and just say, look, I don't know. Like, can you just pencil in seven hours of efforts on first of January? Yeah, uh, 2021. So yep. sorry, boys. Big no- yeah, got a big day tomorrow. Um, yep. We're going to start planning the New Year's Eve going into 2022. Hashtag oh well 2022. That's our year. We're going to we're going to do a live social distance podcast from the pub because we'll be allowed in the pubs then. We'll be allowed capacity mm. in the pubs. We're going to get the world's hottest DJs. We'll get the Finn brothers. I'm sure they'll yep, be up for it. They'll play. You, we've given them notice. They we'll always this- go. Sorry, mate. If you had to give me notice, we're giving you notice. We're giving you over a year. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh well 2022. Yeah. Right. Right. It's on. And we'll launch a we'll launch a website next week and we'll start building a, a email database so that we can email you out and keep you updated with the mm. greatest ever New Year's Eve bash in where are we gonna do it? Auckland? Oh we do whatever we want. International travel will be open again. We'll do it in the Maldives. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Middle resorts. <laughs> we'll celebrate with the Russians. Yeah, hey, perfect. <laughs> Just ah! <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, start using it, boys and girls. Hashtag OL2022. We'll read out a couple of crackers each week and give someone a prize sometime along the line or something. I don't know what. Yeah, 24-pack we'll yeah. of Lou Oh, give us a look at your new watch, Bills. Nah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you know. I think I can see I've got, got a Garmin because this is in, in anticipation of the off-season that um, – I'm gonna start getting behind, getting in what you're doing, and uh, ten thousand steps. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run. Oh, start good running. on you. Well, we'll yeah, get a week. So it Sounds like a knee injury waiting to happen, really. So, especially what you were telling me, like we're talking about running, and George is telling me he wants to do like these twenty-five k trail runs and shit like that. I'm like, man, that's a that's a sprained ankle waiting to happen. Stick to the yeah. tarmac. Stick no, no, to the no, 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 no. If you just learnt nothing, if you get injured, oh well. 2022. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, this off. is like this is the approach to the Vuelta. It's like you know, you this is the problem if you're already making off season plans. It's like the Vuelta's the Vuelta starts in what 12 days, 11 days, and uh, you're coming in. I kind of what's the what's the piss take of Top Gun with Charlie Sheen? What's the name of that? Oh, hot Shots. Hot Shots. Uh, he's like he's coming into land, he's, <laughs> and he's like. Landing gear won't work, and the, the control tower is like, "You're doing great, buddy." I lost a wing. That's it. Doesn't matter. And then I lost <laughs> another wing. <laughs> He's coming in. There's like me coming into the world array. I'm like, coming in. I'm like, ah, heart rate won't go over a hundred. Coach is like, "Don't worry, mate. You got this." Yeah, but I'm like six kilos here. Yeah, doing great, man. Looking fine. <laughs> just, <laughs> just sliding into the welter. Just trying to yeah, get but, the but like down. anything, you go in with low expectations, you'll have a great time and you'll, you'll race oh, well. And, yeah, you'll be mm-hmm. fine. You'll be fine. Um, should we step into Legend or Bell in Bules? Yeah, well, George is going to lead the front of this. I haven't done any research, but we are doing um, – we were actually – we were we were handed this Legend or Bell end, yet to be decided, on a platter from one of our listeners. Mm. It's an absolute cracker, actually, and mm. it, I think it will create some division which ultimately is what we look for in this segment. Last week, we forgot to vote, so we don't even know what if there was division or not. We won't forget this week. Hugh Hefner, is he a legend or is he a bell end? Discuss. Well, it's, it's fitting that on our... Is it fitting or is it the, the, whatever the opposite of, of fitting is? Um, that on our inaugural woman um, guest, we've gone with Hugh Hefner, who has essentially done... Taken more steps backward for women than any other man in history, but um, 
Yeah, that's a good point. We'll, we'll have Adam. Um, it's, been a real, actually, it's been a real roller coaster this one. This yeah, well, he, uh, Hef, Hefner himself was actually quite a. Um, he's obviously a divisive, divisive figure in, in general, but he's actually been on the right side of history on a lot of things, just not you know women's right. He says he loves women. Well, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, no well, shit. <laughs> I don't know if he loves women. I think he he likes the look of women. I don't know if he loves. You know what I mean. Like yeah, he loves yeah, yeah. women, but does he love yeah. women? He lo- he lo- he lusts for women. Yeah, but he but in terms of like um you know he's he's he's, he's a bit of a superstar in the LGBTQTI uh, community, um and he's Why also done well with uh, LGBTQTI um lesbian, gay, bi. Trans. What the hell is a Q? Trans. What is a Q? How we Q? I don't know. But oh, he, he's you're treading on some hot areas here, Judge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, the, the, we'll call it the rainbow community. Um, and um, yeah, but in terms of in terms of like race for like, um, you know, he was quite big. He was quite one of the first guys to normalize in America in a time where there was huge amounts of um, segregation between black and white. He was, he was, he was ahead of all those matters, you know, he was in front of those, but, um, and he's a very strange man. Like he was actually, how, 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 how was he ahead of those? What did he do? He, well, he, he, was, so he set up the, back when the, um, in the sixties when, you know, like black people in America weren't allowed to sit mm-hmm. on the same, go on the same bus as white people go, mm-hmm. you know, all that crap. Um, he he set up the Playboy Playhouses, like the gentlemen's clubs, uh, mm. in the sixties, and he he opened the first one in Chicago, where he said, "Black or white, there's, doesn't matter. You're all welcome." You know, yep. for me, you know, there's there's no such thing as division and race. It's one person mm. or another. You know, and so he he was really ahead of that. He was a big advocate for that. Um, he was really he was involved in a lot of civil rights movements. He was really you know he he was. He was bloody onto it with that stuff. He just had a porno magazine, but it wasn't really, a, you know, that, that's how it started. But it was a gentleman's magazine. It had articles, yeah, the, the, you know, the articles yeah. were really good. The articles were great. But it turned and, out that the whole thing was just a weird reflection of his like alter ego of his fantasy life. Like he was, he was like a, I think he was in World War Two, wasn't he? And he, um, he was one of these guys who saved himself for marriage and, and met this met this girl and she cheated on him and broke his heart and the whole time he had this like running this like comic book you know he's like he has a world record in in guinness world record for scrapbooking he has more um he got the record for like the, the most documentation of his life and stuff so he was always keeping this like he was writing out like, this comic about this alter ego that was hef and then um he sort of slowly, at one stage, had his heart broken by this woman and just started morphing into this this cartoon character he created, the most outrageous guy. Um, and then it just sort of, his weird sort of vision just became his reality and he just turned into this, he just became it. It came and just did it. And, and then it just took off and he, he sort of uh, lost his way a little bit, I guess. But yeah, he, he, he just created this this um community didn't he because like yeah you can argue he's the sexist side of things and everything but like he had the, the playboy mansion obviously and he he had all the those girls living with him um you know and they 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 chose that to do that and he yeah i mean like he he just created this community and it and and the magazine is more than just naked woman it was like a, a gentleman's magazine i guess they want to you call it where you, yeah you could read articles about all sorts of things and then can you still read a play yeah, yeah and i i think it's toned down a bit because he got in the shit like in the 60s or 70s when he did one with um a photo with a, a naked girl and a guy in the same bed and mm. then obscenity was a crime back then or something or whatever he was actually arrested for that um, charges were dropped, but then, yeah, over, over the years, the magazine has changed, and the I, I don't think it's they've taken out the centerfold now. Um, they don't have that in the magazine. It's more of a, you know, it is like a normal magazine, just with. I have this woman. memory of centerfold, and it was like the song by the Jay Giles Band or something, 
and I was with my brother and I was super young and the song was the angel in the centerfold. And um, that was, I never knew what a centerfold was, but I really liked the song. It was a super catchy song. Probably not. And I remember my brother having to explain to me what the centerfold was and I was about seven years old and then I was really Oh, is that like, that song that goes, my love runs cold? Yeah. Angel, the centerfold. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, how that, that was my education, centerfolds. Um, it was funny because it's his first ever publication of Playboy. It was arguably the most famous one. It was with Marilyn Monroe. Mm. And um, so every Playboy magazine has a issue, like a like a yeah, like an issue number, or whatever, like the Playboy number, yeah, yeah. whatever. And when he released the first one, he didn't put a date or a, or an issue number on it because he, even though it had Marilyn Monroe, who was the world's most famous person at the time, um, he he didn't back himself that it was going to get any traction, and he wasn't going to he wasn't going to do his second one. He was like, ah, oh, probably be a one hit wonder. Uh, went far and beyond that, didn't it? Jeez, I'll tell you what. And he what? he 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 was he was a trailblazer for, for stay at home and work working from home. Like you think it came in with COVID, came in with heft, mate. That's how he got into pajamas because he started working from home and he's like, fuck it, I don't have to wear a suit. I'll wear my pajamas. Mm. And that's how it all started. And he's like, when he went into the mansion, he didn't leave his house. He didn't leave his house for three and a half months. He was like, oh, you thought I'd go shopping or something? Nothing. No, just just click around the PJs. I read some stuff about the mystique of, you know, he's this, um, you know, dynamo with all the women and stuff like that. And the reality was he was a hoarder. And his room was filthy, and they used to have like movie nights and all that with the bunnies and all this sort of shit. And one of the, <laughs> the one bunnies. of the girls, the bunnies, <laughs> and then what a one of the girls like lifted the lid on you know what was he really like in bed? It's like really she's like twenty, he's like eighty two, bag of sloppy balls, and oh. yeah, like she said it was just horrific. Like he, she said it. I, I don't find that quite yeah, she just the, said the, it was just, just yeah, you know the links you go to to be a Playboy bunny and ah uh, nah. But what, so what the reason was was he would pay for their surgery, so he would pay for all the boob jobs, everything like that. Um, you mean bloody hell? You go get a boob job in Thailand? It's what two grand? It's not worth it. Yeah. What do you reckon then? Well, wait, what it's are you? There has to, it's, it's go to your go options. Go to your microphone, like, bro. Oh, it's it's quite yeah. polarizing options. It's like you know what like side of what side of the Hugh Hefter fence do you want to sit on? Are you in the grotto or you're out of the grotto? I just don't know if I can get behind. Um, just I just he just is a bit too creepy for me, so I'm gonna have to go bellied. I think Despite we need to. Re- I think we really need to define like what does it mean if you vote legend? Like, is it because you know he's a maverick and a pioneer, and you know sold all these magazines and created this brand that's globally known, or is it because, uh, yeah, he's like he's a ballon because you know he does all this stuff that you know objectifies. Is that a word? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. women, women in Good that work. light where they're just odd objects and it's you know sending the wrong message. I guess what you could do is boil it down and go, did he do more good than bad? Which arguably he did, you know, the progression of, of society. Well, well, okay, I, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick Playboy story. I remember working at the sale authorized news agency, and when they had old magazines, they used to rip the cover off them and send the cover back saying, Oh, we yeah. can sell them or whatever, and they'd leave the discards in the bins out the back. Now, I worked this out as a 15-year-old, so I'd fish out these discarded Playboys out of the bin and then you'd sell them at school. And I remember this one time I had this discarded <laughs> Playboy and um, I got busted. Um, I think the old man like parents? said, oh, parents, my yeah, old man oh. found it. And it was just sitting on the table one time. And I remember coming home from school and I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in deep shit here. <laughs> and then... Yeah, like I had to have the chat with the parents and, and my mum said, like, the thing that disappoints me the most about all of this is you're at that impressionable age, you're 15, and it's going to give you a distorted view on women. So that's mm. the part that I really don't like, particularly young kids seeing all this stuff. And it's even worse with the internet, you know. You can get access to bloody horrific stuff when, you know, you're Googling whatever. But, um, yeah, so there's that side that you go, uh, yeah. 
So would, private, would not would deleting the private browser function be a remedy for for that? You know what I mean? So people can still look at what they want to whatever they want to look at, but they have to wear it on their sleeve. You know, their history log is permanent. Would that be would that be a way around it? Would probably change Bewley's Google search <laughs> maneuvers. Uh. <laughs> He's thinking about it. He's going, <laughs> He's going yeah. Uh. <laughs> Who's going to see that? No skeletons, uh, no skeletons in my closet, boys. Look, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a whim. I'm going to have to vote. Um, Bellend. Right, yeah. I don't know. Again, you know, it's really tough. It's good arguments both ways. I think, um, I think certainly from a, you know, from, from a male's perspective of like living in this flash house with all these women, you know, it's like, you know, the old brash, oh, what a legend, you know, but I think the reality of it is that he's not. It's, it's the last uh, 20, it's the last yeah. 20 Bellin years that sort of tipped me. I think if he had yeah. have gone out on a high when he was doing mm. all the cool stuff in the 70s and 80s and said, you know what, I've had my time, I'm getting a bit wrinkly now and I'm, and I'm just not, I don't have it. So I'm off into the sunset with my pipe just, jacket. If he just settled down finally with like a someone who's like, you know what I mean? If it didn't keep, 80, I think it's the whole eighty twenty ratio that really throws me off. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to even think about that. And when they keep pushing it on these bloody news websites, it's clickbait. Mm. It's like you know Hugh Hefner is shit in the sack, and you're like, ooh. And then you read it, <laughs> and you're like, after you read it, you're like, oh man. Gross. Anyway. No, I'm going to go Ballin as well. Then, so right. go to your microphone. Three Ballins. All right. Well, that's been a pretty eventful show, boys. It's been a great yeah. show. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And don't forget. Oh well, 2022. Yeah, I'm looking Hashtag. forward to that. One thing I was thinking about with this is, as much as it provides optimism for the future, it also there's something in like shared suffering. So every time you yeah. You, if you start following this hashtag and you go, oh, it's not just me. Everyone else is having a shit of a time. Like, you know, exactly. You so, solidarity. Solidarity. Yeah, solidarity. We, we want to unite the world through suffering and looking forward to a year that surely is better than the shitstorm 2020. Hashtag right. hey, well, well, 2022. And talked about the Giro because... Oh, yeah. um, I got that song. But we're out of time because I'm actually got a hot lunch date. Oh, we don't, okay. we don't need to talk about the Giro. We had Gracie on. We talked about the classics. We've got some great insights from her. Uh, yeah. We ticked all the boxes. Yeah. Right. Good job, boys. Okay. Right. If, they like, if, they don't like, if they don't like the show, then oh well, 2022.